Hello, my name is Joe Rodriguez, and you're listening to Get the Money Right with Todd Butzer. Todd has decades of experience in giving real estate agents the training and resources they need to get their finances on track. In this episode, Todd is going to be covering a subject that is a source of anxiety and stress for entrepreneurs everywhere, taxes. And now, here's Todd. Thanks, Joe. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Get the Money Right, and welcome to episode 16. Okay, we've we've put this one off long enough. Dun, 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 dun. We're going to call this one Fun with Taxes. Yes, it's time to talk about taxes. So this has been, to put it simply, has been a nemesis in real estate for a long, long time. And I think there's lots of reasons for that. And we're not going to go too deep into that. It's just that Uh, when most of us came from jobs, we had somebody else taking care of this for us. The employer would withhold tax and then they would send that into the federal government and state governments. And, and at the end of the year, we would get a W2 for most of us. And then we would do our tax return and on we'd go with our life. We'd either get a refund of some sort, or we'd have to pay a little bit in, but somebody was taking care of it for us. When we get into the real estate world, for most of us, that's no longer the case. And so we now have to take over that role and we have to withhold the appropriate amounts and send the appropriate amounts in. So I think I mentioned this on an earlier podcast, but several years ago, actually not that long ago, I did a survey and I think I interviewed about 800 agents from a variety of different um, production uh, areas, okay? So some with very little production, some with a lot of production. And of those that responded, I remember we did this survey in August. Of those that responded, two-thirds had not yet paid any tax in that year. Now, to put that in perspective, what that means is, is that they are only a few weeks away from actually owing their third installment for the year. And yet two-thirds had not yet paid any in. What was really alarming, though, with that was 25% of the respondents had not yet paid any tax from the previous year. So how could that be? Here's what I think they're, they're thinking. They're thinking that the return was due in April. Again, this is in August. The the return was due in April for the previous year and that they can extend that return into October, which is true. They can extend the return, except the money was already due actually that earlier January for the final of the four installments, which we'll talk about here in a second. 25% had not yet paid the previous year's taxes. So all that means, folks, is they're going to pay more. That's really all it means. And most of us, I think, would would side with the idea that we don't want to pay more than, uh, than our fair share. Incidentally, this episode and the following episodes that we're going to do on tax... We are never suggesting uh, um, cheating the government or cheating your local or state local governments. We're not trying to avoid paying appropriate taxes. We're just 
we're just taking a position of not paying more than our fair share and not paying more than what's legally required to pay. All right. Now, I can't stress this part enough. I am not a CPA. I'm not an enrolled agent. I'm just a guy who looks into this and who reads about it uh, for fun, which is really lame. <laughs> and, uh, and so I absolutely uh, implore you to find great tax counsel, uh, great tax strategy help to do your returns and help you help counsel you with your taxes. All right. So we know this is a challenge in the industry. And so let's just do a few things to have it not be so much of a challenge for us. Let's, let's start attacking this a little bit. Okay. So first thing to think about when we did the flow of money, I, I did a fictional commission check of $10,000. And then I said, leave leave 3000 or 30% in your business checking account. And when I ask a group of people when I'm teaching a class or something, I'll say, why are we leaving that money in? And most will say for taxes, which is not the case. The 30% that we're leaving in the business account is for business expenses. Now you say, why are you bringing that up here? I'm bringing it up here because... I want to make the point to you that for most of us, the entities that we have, be it an LLC or maybe a corporation with sub S status, or we are a sole proprietorship, for most of us in those business entity categories, the business is essentially, quote, disregarded by the IRS, meaning they're not going to have the entity itself pay the tax. It's just that the income, the net income that flows from those operations is going to just show up on your personal tax return. And you're going to, or you and I are going to owe that money, right? So, uh, so the first thing to think about is your entity, again, for most of us is not going to owe tax. We're going to owe that tax on a personal basis. Now, what type of taxes are we going to be subject to? Again, this is for most of us. You, you, everybody's situation is going to be slightly different, but largely, this is this is uh, these are the taxes we're going to be looking at. First off, there's federal income tax. Now, federal income tax is a tax that's levied by the U.S. IRS, Internal Revenue Service on annual earnings of individuals, corporations, trust, and, and so on. They are applied to all forms of earnings that make up a taxpayer's taxable income. You're going to talk to your accountant about that, okay? Now, these taxes, for most of us, are not due on April 15th. The federal tax system in the U.S., and we brought this up really, really early on in the podcast, the federal tax system in the U.S. is a pay-as-you-earn system, meaning when you earn money, you owe the tax. Most of us don't think of that because when we were employees, the employer was doing that for us. They were just withholding and sending it in. For, for us now, though, we have that responsibility, and the government says, look, We'll, we're not going to make you do that every month or every couple of weeks for most of us. We're just going to have you do it quarterly. So the quarterly installments ballpark, and I say that because sometimes 
a, a, a quarterly installment will fall on a, on a Sunday or it'll fall on a holiday. And so they'll move it to the following day. So it changes slightly every year, but most of the time, here are your dates, your first quarter installment. And they're not necessarily quarters, by the way, that's what gets some people confused. The first quarterly installment is April 15th. All right. The second quarterly installment is June 15th. Again, that's only a couple of months off, right? The third installment is September 15th. And then your fourth installment is the next January 15. Now, except for that January payment, the other three are in the current tax year that you're in. So, for example, if it's 2022 and you're filing a quarterly estimate on April 15th, that's for earnings so far in 2022. And again, how much to estimate? We'll talk a little f about that further on in another episode, but I'm going to ask you to just contact your tax professional for help in determining the amount of your estimates. Anyway, we're going to have four quarterly installments. Now, here's the challenge for us. Many people in real estate just simply ignore those or, or don't pay them on time. And when they do that, nobody comes to your house. There's nobody waiting outside for you, but interest and penalties are accruing, okay? So we have federal income tax. We also have self-employment tax for the majority of us. Now, self-employment tax is simply the way when you were an employee, you had money taken out for Medicare and Social Security. That amounted to be a 7.65, if we're really counting, percent of your wages. The employer was matching the other 7.65, which totals 15.3%. Now, because we own our own business, we are both sides of that equation. We are the employee essentially, and the employer. So we owe the 15.3%. So self-employment tax is due when an individual has net earnings of $400 or more in self-employment income over the course of any tax year. In any business, like I just mentioned, both the company and the employee are taxed to pay for those two major programs of Medicare and Social Security. When an individual is self-employed, they pay for both, okay? And we'll talk a little bit more about that in terms of how to calculate that in, in just a few minutes here on the, on, the, uh, on the episode. All right. And then in, in addition to federal and uh, self-employment tax, we also have state income tax. So you can see how those obligations can start to add up. And I'll show you that here in just a second. Your state income tax, incidentally, is simply what, what it sounds like. It's just your state is collecting also an income tax. There are states that do not collect it. They find other ways to uh, create revenue for, for that state. But some states, uh, you know, like I said, don't collect it, but many, many of the states do. So just know your, your state tax. Now, it's also interesting because I've asked agents this many times in the past. What is your state income tax 
level, you know, brackets, and they don't know, which is interesting and, and, and understandable. But it's one of the biggest expenses that an agent would have is their state and, and of course, federal and self-employment. So, all right, the next area that I want to just touch on briefly, and listening to these is always difficult. So Joe will will put it on the website, just a sampling of what I'm about to show you here or talk about, and that's tax brackets. You've heard people say, well, if I earn much more money this year, it's going to put me in a higher bracket. Mm, that, that statement is, is filled with a kind of some uh, many flaws, if I can say that gently. When, when you do earn more money, those last dollars will be taxed most likely at a higher rate than previous dollars in your income levels. But that doesn't mean all of your income is now taxed at that new bracket. So for example, if somebody says I'm in the 33% federal tax bracket, that doesn't mean they pay 33% of their income in federal tax. It means there's a portion that's taxed at 33% or whatever. Okay. So let me give you an example how this works. These are from current federal tax tables that I just pulled, okay, uh, at the time of this recording. Now, this is for married filing jointly, and your circumstance will be that or it'll be different, right? And there's several different different uh, categories. But I just pulled a few brackets here. Now, uh, up to $20,000 in income, all right, in adjusted gross income, we have a liability of tax, a federal tax liability of 10%. From 20000 to 84000 it's 12%. And from 84000 to 178000 in income, it's 22%. So you could see where somebody would say, well, if I go to from, you know, 70000 which would be 12%, and I go to 90,000, now I'm going to be taxed at 22%. No, you're, you're not. You're only going to be taxed 22% on any amount over $84,000. So let's say somebody's making 100,000. For their first 20,000, they're going to be taxed at 10% federally. Okay. For the amount from 20000 to 84000 that amount will be taxed at 12%. And from the amount of anything above 84000 in this case, it would be 16000 additional. That would be taxed at 22%. That's how bracketing in the federal tax system works. Okay? Now, you can suddenly see here, and this is why I brought it up now, and, and we're just going to touch on one other major area, and that'll be it for today's episode. And then we're going to get more into deductions coming up in a little while. But you can suddenly see why it is so important for us to track our deductions, which reduce our taxable income. Now, here's what's fantastic about being self-employed and what's so important here. Let's just take an individual who has a, a, a high tax bracket of, of 22% uh, federally, 
Okay, and this goes up higher than that, folks. Okay, uh, let's say that they have a federal tax bracket of 22%. They have 15.3% for self-employment. So by my math, that's up to 37 plus percentage. Okay, now let's add a state tax in there, not estate, but a state tax of 8% or so. And I'm making that one up. That would be that would be a tax liability of those highest dollar earn earnings of forty five percent. So, if I fail to take a qualified legitimate business deduction, again, which we'll talk about in the next episode, I am paying forty five plus percent, whatever you know, whatever our brackets are in additional tax that I would not have to pay had I simply documented and taken the legitimate business deduction. Now, this final section, we're going to look at how to calculate your self-employment tax that's due. Again, you're going to seek professional help here. But this will just give you an idea of the ballpark uh, so you can at least get familiar with how this works. So we, we mentioned that the total is 15.3%. And here's how you're going to arrive at the amount. So you're going to take all of your earnings, all of your income from real estate sales, and you're going to remove from that, you're going to subtract all of your legitimate business deductions, which we're going to get into in the very next episode. And you're going to uh, remove those deductions. You're going to take that amount then and multiply it by 92.35%. And that's due to the fact, I don't want to get too far into the weeds here, but that's due to the fact that you're able to deduct the employer portion of that 7.65% match. And again, we don't need to get into the weeds, but just trust me on it. You're going to multiply that number by 92.35%. Your net earnings, after you've taken away your business expenses, multiply that by 92.35%. That's your taxable amount. Okay. Now that's not what you owe. That's your ta- That's the number they're going to work. They're going to work from to compute the tax. Now, how much is the tax? Well, the Social Security tax rate currently at the time of this recording is 12.4%. And that's the limit on that is $147,000. After that, you would not be paying any additional Social Security. This is current right now. Additional to that, you're going to pay 2.9% for Medicare on all of your income. and if you are married filing jointly and you're over $250,000 in income, you're going to add another 0.9% indefinitely. All right. So how do you calculate? You take your gross income from sales, real estate sales commissions. You subtract all of your legitimate business deductions, which we'll get into in the very next episode. You're going to take that number and multiply it by 92.35%. That's the amount that can be taxable. 
And then you're going to take that amount and you're going to apply those percentages that I just gave you, 12.4%. And again, your status, your marital status uh, matters here, single and so on. You you can check, um, just Google and you'll see it there. But Social Security tax rate then is 12.4% up to $147,000 in income. Social or Medicare is 2.9 on the entire amount. And if you're over 250, it's an additional 0.9 for the Medicare. And that's how you calculate your liability for self-employment tax. And again, just to put a ribbon around this, you can see at just just at that 15.3 plus, you know, a ballpark of 20 some percent federal and another X percent for your state, you can see how that can add up and what kind of challenges there can be if we're not properly setting money aside to address that tax obligation that we have as a business owner. And trust me, when you legitimately are are withholding and you're paying the appropriate amounts in quarterly, you're really going a long way, folks, in getting the money right. See you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of Get the Money Right. As a small business owner myself, I can definitely say I took a lot of knowledge from this episode today. To stay up to date and lay and get the money right, follow us on Instagram or LinkedIn. Leaving a five-star review will go a long way to supporting the show. If you're an agent who's getting their money right, please email us your story at getthemoneyright.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.